Right, first things first. These are going away. This is a warning. Tonight, for this one night only, we're going to put them away. Okay? So, in the bomb pocket, you should have picked up one of these as you came in. That's got everything you're going to need on for the next 15 minutes or so. If you haven't got one, head to the welcome desk. There are some more there. Whilst you're doing that, putting the phone away, uh, getting your card out, we're just going to watch a TV ad. Is it realistic or unrealistic? You be the judge. No time to say hello, goodbye, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. No, 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 I'm overdue. I'm really in a stew. No time to say goodbye. Hello, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. Let them be late. A Citizen EcoDrive watch never needs a battery. Powered by any light. To keep you always on time. Okay. Anybody else feeling a bit rabbit? I mean, I do feel that's the story of my life most of the time, and I have been talking to myself a huge amount as I have been preparing tonight's talk. Um, I, I kind of wondered what would happen if I did have a watch like that. How does a watch make me always on time? I mean, I'm picturing like my wrist being dragged places where I need to get things. So, uh, frankly, I think that's a pretty bonkers promise in an ad. What watch could actually make me always on time. That just can't happen. But I think our busyness anyway is far more complex than that. It is shaped by this really busy, media-fed culture that we live in, uh, and it also stems from how we ourselves value our time, how we use it, and sometimes how we squander it. Can I just tell you that a study in 2016 found that the average iPhone user touches their phone how many times do you reckon a day? I was shocked. Hundred and something. Any, any, any more? Play your cards right? Any takers? 400? 700? 2,167. Now, a touch is a kind of, you know, an up and a down and all this kind of stuff. And the millennials, twice as much. Now, my dog, some of you have met my dog, Teddy. There. What could I say? Um, he, he, he's clever, right? He's smart, okay? I'm getting my phone out just for one moment, right? But he, he looks at me, and he looks at this thing that is with me from dawn till dusk. Everywhere I go, it's, it's with me. You know, we can even be on a walk, and I'm still, you know, in 150 touches and all this kind of stuff. I honestly think he looks at me and goes, what is it? What do you do with this thing? And then sometimes, um, B is my witness, he sort of goes, he's like pouring me to go, and do you know what he's saying? He doesn't speak, but he does say, put it down and focus on me. And tonight, I think we need to be a bit more teddy. And actually, I think God thinks the same as well. So mine's back in my pocket. So as Holly's mentioned, we are finishing this Framework for Freedom series, this mini bite-sized series, to start us off as part of our New Year Reset. Last week, we focused on Bible reading and prayer. And I would say that those were things for us to consciously, habitually take up. 
Tonight, our focus is on Sabbath, which is more about things to consciously put down and stop. One of the things to definitely put down is our phones, and one of the things to definitely stop doing is hurrying. So as we tonight explore Sabbath, I want to get us in a Sabbath state of mind. I'm going to read the passage, but I'm going to ask you to close your eyes first. So can we just close our eyes? I want you to take a big breath in and out. And in and out. And I'm just now going to read this passage. So get yourselves sitting comfortably. I want you to be still and listen carefully to these three little verses from Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, and don't fall asleep. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Okay, you can open your eyes now. So those were words of Jesus while he was teaching in Galilee. He had equipped and sent out his disciples to spread the good news. So he was kind of effectively on his sort of solo tour. And Jesus gives us just this little passage, but it's so rich. It's like three hotel chocolat instead of a bar of dairy milk. There is so much in it. And in this passage, Jesus gives us three questions, seven commands, and four promises, all in three verses. Let's just explore them in turn. So we start with those first three questions. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? I think Jesus would have probably added a fourth question, common to most toddlers. Why? Why? Why are we like this? Why don't we stop and take Sabbath more? Because we live in this culture of hurry where we get praised, actually, for doing so much, for packing so much in our lives. And then we have gadgets and then we have apps that help us do even more and multitask at the same time. We're always in a hurry cutting it fine to get to the K3 bus stop, perhaps driving a little bit too fast, skimming those emails and forgetting to reply to them, posting something on socials without really thinking, how might people react to that? And then when we do stop at the end of the day, we find it incredibly hard to disconnect because the phone keeps beeping, and if the phone's not beeping, our minds keep whirring. And when somebody asks you, how are you? It's probably fine, just busy. Uh, some of my colleagues asked me about Christmas. They said, how was your Christmas break? And I was like, oh, it was great. We saw this, we saw this, we did that. I said, the one thing I really missed was a couple of pajama days. I had three books under the tree for Christmas. I haven't even opened one yet. 
And that really struck me. I thought, if I cannot find some Sabbath rest in those two weeks of downtime, what am I doing? What hope is there in the average busy week? Hurry, hurry, hurry. I want to share a couple of quotes for some Christian authors. The first one here is from Dallas Willard, who wrote, Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. It's a very powerful quote. Corrie ten Boom said this, If the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Hurried or busy, they both have the same effect. They impact, they break our connection with God, with each other, and even our own attentiveness to our own well-being. And I think pretty much every single one of us is busy. That can be the primary school child running from one after-school club to the next, the young adult doing exactly the same, going from one place to the next, catching up with people at weekends, doing homework, etc. Those who are retired, busy volunteering, being pulled in different directions, caring for parents, caring for grandchildren, and every single one of us in the middle. We are all really, really busy. So are you tired, worn out, and burnt out, doing even the right things for God? Jesus says, why? And then he gives us these seven commands, which are really simply summed up in one word, stop. Jesus says, come to me. Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which literally means to stop. It means to take a proper pause from the busyness of everyday life, and even from doing the great things for God, to be with God. So why? Why? Why should we take Sabbath? Well, first and foremost, God has commanded us to rest. Within the Ten Commandments that were given to Moses on Mount Sinai, the Lord says this, Observe the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Work six days and do everything you need to do. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to God. Your God, don't do any work. Other translations have remember the Sabbath. So you have uh, remember, don't forget about it, and observe, make sure you do it. It is the longest commandment written out of the ten, if you look at the whole list of them. It's therefore very, very important to God. And what makes it so important to him is that he did it too. Because Genesis tells us in the story of creation, everything in heaven and earth is created, and then what does God do? God rests. The commandment continues. For in six days God made heaven, earth, and sea, and everything in them. He rested on the seventh day. Therefore God blessed the Sabbath day. He set it apart as a holy day. So God himself rested, and in doing so, he put the rhythm of rest into the whole of creation. So if it's important to God, it has to be important to us. Jesus, in his earthly ministry, took time away from all that he had to do just to be with God. So if it's important to our Savior Jesus, 
If he needs to rest, then so do we. I wonder who are your influencers and what have they influenced you to do? Now, I think the world has moved on a lot since our Jennifer Aniston days. Ladies of a certain age, you'll get it. You know, she appears as Rachel with this poker straight hair, and we all have poker straight hair. Even me, I gave it my best shot. You know, that was kind of like an accidental influencer. Just because she had her hair done, we all started copying her. Influencing now is a whole different ballgame. Who knew you could actually earn money by saying something vaguely useful? I should give it a go sometime. Anyway, they have the power to influence our shopping, our recreation, our well-being, our lifestyles, everything. I mean, I'm really grateful to a guy called Salt Hank. I don't know if anybody else has heard of Salt Hank in their house. Um, he's on Insta. He is a cooking guy. He does cooking. Uh, Zandi likes cooking, my son. And, you know, we've had some incredible treats, thanks for Salt. I've never met the chap. He's a long way away in the US of A. Um, but I've had some great food, thanks to Salt. Statistics show us that six out of every ten young adults have purchased something thanks to an influencer. Do you know what? Us 50-somethings, we're exactly the same. And why do we do it? Well, I think we have greater trust in these people than the watch ad or marketing strategies. And actually, by coming into our lives in a visual way, with a product, with a discussion, we have greater trust in them. We need to let our holy influences, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, shape our lives. And when it comes to Sabbath, we need to do what they do. It's as simple as that. Let's now take a look at those seven commands. Uh, you'll see that you've got the Bible passage, but I've just split it into the chunks. Okay, we've had the questions. Now let's look at the seven commands. And I think they show us that we can enjoy Sabbath in different ways. So we have come to me, get away with me, keep company with me. Three commands for us just to be with God, to separate ourselves from everything that occupies us and just rest. Slowing down enough to enjoy our life with God, to recognize the blessings that he showered upon us, to take pleasure in the ordinary things with God, eating, sleeping, going for a walk, spending time with family, but not in that sort of... Um, Typical family, hurried, right? Who needs to go where, when, what, who needs a lift kind of way? To actually just enjoy being with each other. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Two commands there, I think, that call us in Sabbath to go a bit deeper with God. That might be through some intentional reading. It might be through a podcast. It might be to listening to worship whilst out and about in creation but learning a new rhythm for our own lives that makes Sabbath possible in the first place, finding that time, and then secondly makes Sabbath a gift to us, not a burden. Walk with me, work with me. I think these last two commands transform Sabbath from being a day or a moment to a way of life. That as we learn new spiritual rhythms through a conscious time of Sabbath, 
These rhythms can bless the rest of our week. We become more attentive to God in the everyday. We hear his still small voice. We give thanks for blessings in the moment as they happen. I think he really did know what he was doing when he gave a command for every day of the week. And that's because we do need to have a rhythm of Sabbath if we are to serve God in our everyday Monday to Saturday lives. We need God to restore us and equip us so that we don't end up tired, worn out, and burnt out. Sabbath isn't about resting from a place of work. Sabbath isn't about coming into it absolutely exhausted after the end of a busy week. Sabbath should be about heading into work from a place of rest, having that space to allow God to restore us and guide us and encourage us, and that when we stop to be with him, we experience all that, so that when we go back out into our everyday lives, that sense of rest and God's presence is really alongside us. It is the sort of fuel for the week. Because Sabbath is both a noun, to take a Sabbath, and a verb, to Sabbath. It's not just a day, it's a way. And just as worship, we've been doing that tonight. Worship isn't just about what we sing. Our lives are an act of worship that we offer to God. So is Sabbath. It's a spirit of restfulness that carries throughout our weeks. Sabbath changes how we live so that we work from a place of rest, not rest from a place of work. Flip your cards over if you've got them, and just look at that word art that I put up there. I'm going to call these like the fruit of the Sabbath, if you want. I know that doesn't exist, but I've just done it. Um, Sabbath, yes, you can see in the big writing, Sabbath is about stopping and resting. But it's more than that. It's about what God gives to us. It's quality time with him. That is a true gift. It's restorative. It's life-giving. But it is also about what we give to him. It's our offering. Our presence and attentiveness absolutely delights him when we do that. But it does require discipline to make that part of our lives. But when we do do it, it's a deep connection into the rhythm of all created life made and observed by the creator God himself. So it is a command, but I think it's also a loving invitation by the greatest influencer of all. Finally, let's look at those promises. What does Jesus promise us when we rest in him? Jesus says, you'll recover your life You'll learn to live freely and lightly. I don't know about you. Maybe life, certainly for me at times, it just feels a little bit out of control. There are too many expectations on me. I need to be in certain places at certain times. People need too much from me. It's not mine. It's all happening around me. Perhaps you're thinking, actually, I don't really think I've lost my life at all. I don't kind of get that. I think what Sabbath helps us to do is actually rediscover the rhythm of life that God intended for us, not that we have created. 
So when it says you'll learn to live freely and lightly, you'll recover your life, it means we're going to live life in all its fullness as Jesus promised in John 10.10. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. So actually, by giving some of our life in a dedicated way of Sabbath to God, we somehow get a better version and even more of it back, if that makes sense. Lives less enslaved to the emails, the beeping messages, the social media notifications. Jesus promises, I'll show you how to take a real rest. So we're less likely to feel burnt out and exhausted as we develop more healthy spiritual rhythms. Jesus promises, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. So that Sabbath will be a blessing and not a burden. And we'll still be able to do and achieve everything that God wants us to do for him in the week. I think what God is really saying in these promises is quite simply, come to me, you can trust me. We know that there will not be a watch that exists that will always make me on time. And if a YouTuber or a TikTok influencer makes these promises that Jesus has just made about a beauty product, a fitness regime, or a lifestyle change, I know they're going to be taking the mickey. But not God. He is fully trustworthy. He loves us so much that he wants each one of us to flourish. And to flourish, we need to Sabbath with him. We need to stop We need to switch off from the busyness of our lives and just enjoy some rest with God and let him restore and equip us for all that lies ahead. Jesus gives us three questions asking why. He gives us seven commands calling us to stop. He gives us four promises assuring us you can trust me. So keeping in a Sabbath state of mind, I'm going to shut up. I'm not going to say any more because I'm going to let God speak now. And I'm just going to encourage us all now to take a few moments to just rest in this passage for ourselves. I'd love to let God speak to us individually through this. So I'm going to encourage us to use the cards, just read through those three questions again, those seven uh, commands, those four promises. Which ones are speaking to us individually. Maybe you want to look at the word art. What do we need to hear afresh about Sabbath? Which word stands out for us? How can we make Sabbath happen in our lives? It might not be a Sunday. Mine's a Friday, mostly. It might not be a full day. Mine's about three hours on a Friday morning. But whatever it is, What conscious Sabbath space can we create? Time in our weeks for some rest, giving it to God as worship in its fullest sense and allowing him to restore us so that we can work from a place of rest and not the other way around. I'm going to leave you now for a couple of minutes to do that. I think the lovely Sue might be appearing to do a bit of tinkling on the ivories just to give us some restful space, just to take a couple of minutes to think about that for ourselves. Amen.